Welcome back to another installment of the 963 Universal Frequency. If you're new to tuning in, I'm the host, Esther Clare, connecting with people from all over the world to discuss holistic health and well-being, spirituality, religion, the paranormal, metaphysics, astrology, even conspiracy theories. Although I don't really like to use that term, conspiracy theories, unconventional topics, but even that phrase that means out of the ordinary and I and I don't think it's really out of the ordinary anymore to be thinking outside of the box or to just have a different point of view or just being open-minded to the possibilities that maybe not everything is what it seems. This is what my podcast is, is about. It's about different perspectives and beliefs. It doesn't necessarily mean that the guests that I have on my show are speaking the truth and it doesn't mean that they're spreading false information either. It's the idea that they are sharing their concepts and everybody is unique. All observations are a point of view and these observations are coloured by our understanding. So it was philosopher of science Karl Popper who coined the term conspiracy theory in the 1950s. Then after J.F. Kennedy's assassination, the 35th president of the United States in 1963, the conspiracy theory proliferated and a surge of people who believed his death was mysterious and very suspicious and fair observation in saying this because there was a lot of individuals that were associated and linked to this event. At least 10 of these people that had died in a sinister way or in an obscure way that just couldn't be explained or perhaps just a little bit coincidental. And there was Dorothy Kingallen, who was a very well-known journalist who started to research and all of a sudden she died of an overdose. And then you also had another two journalists that were investigating and, and they died <laughs> all around the same time. You also had a taxi driver that drove one of the, the people that was, was murdered. And then you have several people that actually saw the man on the grassy knoll. Now, I don't know how well they were able to describe the person, but there was at least several people. And all up, I think there was 40 people that were witnesses in JF Kennedy's assassination. So that's when the government sanctioned conspiracy theory. And so it just spiraled predominantly from this event. Furthermore, to Karl Popper, philosopher of science who defined conspiracy theory he also created the theory of falsification he believed in proving hypothesis by falsifying it now Karl Popper was known to be a Marxist and for those of you that are not sure what Marxism is the way that I define it is material and economic relationships that determine our structure of class politics, culture, and ideology. It's believed that it is our social consciousness that determines our being as opposed to our human thinking as the primary source of what we determine is reality. Now, that might sound a bit convoluted. <laughs> We're basically sheep. We follow social norms. <laughs> That's probably the easiest basic way to explain it. We like to follow the crowd and follow the materialistic things. Human beings define themselves by class. We define ourselves by how we look. We define ourselves by how much money we have. The world is based on Marxism and socialism and capitalism and every other ism you can think of. So... <laughs> Uh, the reason why I bring this up is because even though he came from Marxism, Karl Popper, it, it's my understanding that he didn't agree with a lot of the Marxism ideology. So what I appreciate about Karl Popper is that he, he had a, a lot of really good quotes. One of them that kind of sticks with me is that he said that we should always be willing to revise our beliefs in light of new evidence and our beliefs should be contingent on the data. Being open-minded to the belief that we might be wrong and 
being certain of something can cause you to close your mind. I also bring this up. I was on the internet, as you do when you're researching things that you are interested in. And I came across the National Library of Medicine. So you can look this up if you like. It's the Public Health Emergency Collection and it's called a bioweapon or hoax. And it pretty much is data that's been collected, compiled and put into this report. And the reason why I bring this up is because not so much because of COVID-19 and the vaccines and the mandates and everything, and again, don't get me wrong, I'm not against vaccines, but I am pro-choice. I just thought I would read part of this document because I feel as if it relates to a lot of conspiracy beliefs that are out there, not just COVID-19. The COVID-19 pandemic and conspiracy beliefs. Past research shows that an increase in conspiracy theories during a pandemic is not a new phenomenon. Especially in times of crises, conspiracy thinking increases substantially. For virtually all major events over the past decades, official versions of why these came about were confronted with various conspiracy allegations that proposed an explanation involving plots hatched in secret by powerful agents instead. This is also true for major outbreaks of diseases. A misinformation campaign run by the Soviet Committee for State Security claimed HIV to be a biological weapon developed by the United States and the widespread belief that AIDS is a conspiracy to kill black people has a direct impact on prevention behavior. During the Zika virus outbreak of 2015 to 2016, there were speculations that the virus was caused by genetically modified mosquitoes or used by the government to kill people on purpose. Events of such magnitude begged an explanation of comparable magnitude. Providing explanations is psychologically advantageous for several reasons, with one sticking out in the previous literature, granting an illusion of control. Considering this reason, it is not surprising that a lack of control has been identified as one of the key drivers of conspiracy beliefs. When people are not able to gain control in the real world, they compensate for this lack by perceiving patterns even if they are an illusion. The current coronavirus crisis is an almost ideal breeding ground for conspiracy thinking. As there is no easy comprehensible mechanistic explanation of the disease, it is an event of massive scale. It affects people's life globally and leaves them with a lot of uncertainty. Such conspiracy beliefs might potentially be palliative in giving people back at least a sense of control. Nevertheless, we argue, there are real dangers in such conspiracy theories as they might motivate problematic behaviours in the current crisis. During the coronavirus pandemic, many scientists, specifically epidemiologists and physicians, have been the most articulate voices in making recommendations on how to flatten the curve and slow down the infection. Conspiracy mentality, however, a generalised belief that powerful forces operate in secret to rule the world, has been connected to distrust in both science in general as it is perceived a higher power, and the biological system more specifically for the same reason, thus people who endorse a conspiracy worldview are particularly unlikely to trust the experts' recommendations aimed at reducing infection rates. Whereas most people use information about what others do as a cue to how to behave themselves, and thus are more likely to show conformity and follow descriptive social norms. There are some exceptions to this rule, specifically people high in need for uniqueness, for whom it is of great importance to stick out from the crowd, are intentionally trying to not do or say what the majority of people say or do. This is relevant as endorsement of conspiracy beliefs has been associated with an increased need for uniqueness in both correlational and experimental studies. Thus, conspiracy believers are less likely than others to comply with descriptive social norms. Additionally, a conspiracy-prone worldview does not only reduce trust in official versions and adherence to norms, but is also linked to a stronger acceptance of violence. Conspiracy worldviews also make it more plausible to engage in illegal, non-deformative forms of action to reach one's goal, as people who imagine seeing the world as people high in conspiracy mentality saw it as more defensible to use force and other illegal means to pursue one's political goals. That whole document just reeks of socialism and Marxism. It does go on further to talk about case studies that they've done and distinct effects of conspiracy theorists. If you're interested, check it out. 
I don't think it's going to go down well with transgender people and non-binary people and all those people on TikTok who are competing for fame because it alludes to uniqueness as attention-seeking. So maybe if you're listening, don't read it. You might get offended. And genetically modified mosquitoes. That's creative. That is conditioning from movies that we've been watching. The widespread belief that AIDS is a conspiracy to kill black people. Now that's a quote from that document. Wasn't it the CDC, so the Center of Disease Control, who originally said when AIDS first came out that you could only get it from gay people? And then they admitted to being wrong to that after new evidence came out. And now they're saying the same thing about monkeypox, that it's prevalent in gay people. So it's, again, focusing on a particular group of people, a class of people, singling them out, that there is no easily comprehensible mechanistic explanation of the disease. Even with SARS, we're told that it comes from livestock and then coronavirus morphologically developed from SARS and still this there's just not that explanation as to why it's so different from the other strands we're just told it's from a pig and a bat I'm pretty sure I saw that in a movie contagion anyway you know I'm not a virologist I'm not an epidemiologist I'm not a pathologist I'm just observing after all this talk of socialism, surprisingly, I feel like watching Pump Up the Volume. Christian Slater, 1995. It's probably one of the most underrated films from the 90s. It's priceless. It's about a teenage underground DJ who exposes this conspiracy throughout the school. And it has so much to do with how society has shaped and molded us and as teens, how difficult it can be to live in this type of society. Christian Slater talks hard in that film. And if you have seen that movie, you'll know what I'm talking about when I say talks hard. Another person that talks hard is Tracy Widdett. That's right, Tracy Widdett. It's a cool sounding name. Not only does she have a cool sounding name, she is also very passionate in what she believes in. She talks about healing transmosis. And I think that you're going to learn a lot about this healing technique and what she does and her belief in this ideology. So please enjoy and thanks for tuning in. Joining me for this episode on transmosis healing is Tracy Witter. She's connecting with me from Santa Fe. Tracy is a spiritual healer who integrates various healing modalities such as Reiki, Access Consciousness Bar, body facilitating techniques, just to name a few. And from my understanding, your aim is to offer people a multidimensional body balance. So this is a unique healing method that transmutes and removes energy on a physical, emotional, mental, and of course, a spiritual level. So I'm really looking forward to learning more about this. Thank you, Tracy, for reaching out. I'm Thank you. excited to explore this holistic practice. But first of all, please tell us your journey to how you discovered transmosis healing. Wow. Oh, thank you. Um, thanks for having me. I have always been interested and have an affinity for energy work. So I've taken lots and lots of classes. And one day I was um, working with a client and while I had my hands on her torso, I heard the word on the inner transmosis. So I was like, what is transmosis? So I wrote it down. And then I would ask channelers, I would ask everybody, I would Google it, and it just wasn't anywhere. So I would kid around with my friends and say, yeah, it's a made up word, you know, spirit <laughs> grammar, whatever. But actually, uh, another friend really coined it beautifully. She said, no, it's, it's a, a divine anointed appointment. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll buy a vowel. I'll do that. So transmosis, I'm going to, I, nobody could tell me what it meant. So I asked myself, I asked my guides, what does it mean? And I'm going to read it to you because this is not how I talk, but what the guides told me is transmosis. And I have to write it down so I can read it exactly as it was transcribed to me mm -hmm. is an, an, an unconscious transfer and assimilation of higher energies 
to raise the recipient's energy to equal the source energy. So what that means to me is I get to be like a conduit between the energy frequency of the person that I'm working with. And it's not me doing it, but I get to be like the mediator to allow source energy to come through and help clear energies that are in the recipient recipients bodies. Cause we have so many, you know, all of the, you know, astral, all of those bodies. So it just kind of like clears the way and it harmonizes and it uplifts the frequency of the person so that they can be in more divine communion and connection with their own inner, I'm going to say soul, you know, their own inner life experience, their intuition, their divine connection. So transmosis is a word that came to me. And I think that no matter what energy work I'm working with, whether it's Reiki or access consciousness, the common denominator is I share what I hear and what I see. And what that's like, it's not like telling someone's future. Although I had had that experience where their dog came into the session. I'm like, oh, is your dog sick? You know what? I don't remember it now, but she called me later to say, hey, this happened. And I, now I have to put my dog down. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. But it, it's basically sharing what I hear and I see is almost like if when you were a child and someone was reading you a story, you activate your imagination. So the words activate things within your inner worlds. And I think that's what happens because I will share what I hear and I see. And I don't know how the person hears it or receives it. Sometimes they feel things in their body. Sometimes they might have an image of something, a memory. And all I know <laughs> is that I just work here for the divine and that the experience is alchemical. It's invisible. It's, um, it's hard to say, hey, so how was your session? What did you get? And it's like, wow, you know, they, they, oh, my heart is open. I feel so much better. I feel a lot lighter, you know, words like this, but it's not like, oh, my broken arm healed. You know, it's not like real concrete. It's, it's a general, beautiful experience. And I personally love doing it. Mm -hmm. And it's an honor because I too tap into that inner realm within myself that allows me to be of service to someone, to a group, to the world, because as each and every one of us clears and purifies ourselves, I think, because it's all one thing, it's all wholeness, it's all oneness, that consciousness actually elevates. It, it, it evolves. It, we learn and we activate inner wisdom that we didn't even know we had. So transmosis, you know, it's like, do, am I the, like, like the word osmosis, like you're the, the yeah. <laughs> barrier in between the two solutions. Mm -hmm. I would think the divine would be more concentrated and we would be less concentrated. And it just kind of pulls us more into the divine part of ourselves so that we can actually live our full life's potential. Yeah. That's the highest and greatest that I could be, I believe. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I've just taken a lot of energy work classes and I love it. And I just have recently realized that what I do is kind of like a, like if I was a highly skilled nurse and I was on an operating room and you needed something energetically, I would be told what to go get to deliver that for you through the voice. You know, I'm just the one voice that's sharing what your guides and my guides are saying is in your highest and greatest good. So I'm working really hard to put it into simple words so people can kind of gasp or grasp the experience a little bit more because it's really an experience. And um, I know I'm rambling. So oh, I'll no, there. you're not. But <laughs> I was going to mention that I've never heard of transmosis before. And so I was looking it up on the net. And all I could really find was cybersecurity. I know. <laughs> so yes. I was thinking, what is the meaning of this word? Because I've never heard of it before. So you would pretty much be the first healer 
to develop this type of technique. And with this energy technique, you're using different modalities, one of them being access consciousness files. Yes. Now, I actually saw this being done at an event I went to and what it appeared similar to was reflexology. So the therapist would be placing pressure points on different areas of the skull or the head. So furthermore, the Mm -hmm. therapist would say words each time they would put pressure on different areas of the head. And I didn't get a chance to try this because they were doing these free sessions and it was completely booked out. So I, I don't know what the words were. I could faintly hear words being said. You know, I, I didn't even get a chance to actually talk to a practitioner about the technique. And fortunately, you are knowledgeable in the method. So I'm extremely intrigued by this. So are you able to explain access consciousness bars technique and how do you assimilate or incorporate the technique in your healing sessions? Is it depending on what you believe the person needs or as a conduit, do you follow the guides or the, the high frequency, whatever, whatever that frequency is communicating to you, is that what you will proceed on using for that person that's requiring the healing? Yeah. Yesterday I had a client and I was like, okay, does this person need access consciousness? And I use applied kinesiology. I muscle test and I got, yes. I'm like, okay, because I've worked with her before and we did transmosis healing over Zoom like this because it's, I don't have to touch the person because energy is everywhere and, and it's all of that with, and bodies love to be touched. And so with access consciousness, I think it can work long distance. However, when you have someone in person, it's just so loving to touch the points on the head. So you think of reflexology the points on the foot, they all lead to nerve endings in your body. So reflexology is for your body. Access consciousness bars is for your life. So I love bald heads today because you can see the little divots like where, so my fingertips can fit like, okay, so the healing point would be on either side of the temple. That's one of the 32 points on the head is the healing. So you think about it, it's like, oh, okay. So you just hold those points very gently, very lightly on the person that's laying on a bodywork table or sitting in a chair. And it's like energy is going back and forth and it's just clearing stuff that you do not need. We have many points of view because everything is pretty much a point of view, an interesting point of view. And you don't even have to say a word. You're just holding the bars. And Gary Douglas is lovely, the founder of Access Consciousness. Gary went to serve a friend of his. He was in Southern California and he went to New York to um, work with his friend who was receiving a massage. And during the massage, this information came through Gary and said, okay, now touch here and do this. So it was channeled information. And um, there's, there's a clearing statement. So when you're holding the bar, you think about bars like, like a prison, limitations. So when you run your bars, it takes about an hour, hour and 15, hour and a half, whatever the person needs. You're holding the points, like right behind the ear is the implant band. And so you conjure up, you just say, hey, (laughs) implant band, (laughs) run. It's kind of like a computer program, if you will. So you can say the name implant band, implant band, implant band, run. So I'm doing it for myself right now because I'm in that little groove that's in the back of your head. And what's so cool is your fingertips fit right into the little divots on the head where these points are. And they're typically around the nerve endings, around the base of the skull and the ear and and such. So there's a clearing statement and it goes right out of your mind. You're like, what? So you're holding the points for healing and you say right, wrong, good, bad, pod, pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. It's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) So what you might've heard the practitioner saying to the recipients is um, things like, okay, So all the energy that that just brought up, you don't have to name it. That's what's so beautiful. Are you willing to destroy and uncreate at all times a godzillion? And the recipient says, yes. 
And then you say, right, wrong, good, bad, pot, pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. And sometimes you can actually just feel the energy lift off the person. And what is so cool about it is that you, when you clear thoughts, feelings, emotions, considerations, judgments, all of this stuff that you have in your network, if you will, when you clear it and I'm working with you and I'm holding that point. And if you and I have the same thoughts, feelings, emotions, considerations, and judgments in common, I get to have it cleared for me as well, as well as 150,000 other people on the planet or in the universe that have that same exact thought, feeling, emotion, consideration. So I love it because it's easy and you don't need to know the story. And what it said is that as the recipient of an access consciousness bars session is sometimes when you, when you get your bars run for the very first time, it's almost like the very first time your body has ever truly received because we're really good givers as human beings, right? But, but for us to receive. Now, I'll say why I learned bars. I had this space of being where I was not in a good space. I did not feel, I didn't know what was wrong, but energy was up. And I ran into a friend and I was walking my dog. She said, hey, I just learned access consciousness bars. Can I try it on you? And I'm like, um, let me think about it. Yes. <laughs> I went to her office and I was still feeling kind of blue and weird and just, I didn't know what was going on. And I laid on her table and she ran my bars. And so you're silent usually through the whole session because it's just a gift to the person just to be and just to have this, you know, touching these points. When that session was done and complete, I, you know, I was like, wow, this is great. I feel good. I felt light. I felt like there was space and energy between my cells. Like I had, I could breathe. So I'm driving home and I'm not kidding. It felt like a cool breeze was just going through my entire body. Like I, it was oneness. It was like, wow, what is access consciousness? I need to find out more about this. So I took a couple more classes and then I started teaching it to others so that they can do it. And so we're, we're serving consciousness. We're elevating consciousness. And it's, um, it's a beautiful, beautiful gift to humanity to do mm. access consciousness. And there's many phrases and sayings like, um, what is their logo? Um, all of life comes to me with ease, joy, and glory. And glory is like exuberant abundance. It's just easy. And like, when you ask a question, energy expands. If you ask an open-ended question, if you ask a question that you already know the answer to, or it's yes or no, like a closed question, it contracts the energy. So through access, when you're working with someone, something may come up from them or you, or you talked about ahead of time, and you can ask them a question about that, that opens the energy that expands it. And then you can say right, wrong, good, bad, pod, pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. And it clears it. I don't know how it works, but you could look that up. Yeah. Access consciousness clearing statement. There's a whole website just explaining which point pod and pock is like point of creation. Like when that energy first started happening and destroying you, basically when mm -hmm. you started destroying, destroying yourself, because we don't want to be behind these limited bars and think and be, have our life be limited. You just keep asking questions. Like, how does it get any better than this? And you wait for the universe to respond. Mm -hmm. So in access, you know, you can clear entities, which is just energy. It's, it's darkness. It's just energy. And, you know, so, so that's what I incorporate some of that, or I will actually touch the person's head and run their bars. So that happened yesterday for my client where I was running her bars, but I'm pretty good at multitasking, multidimensional, whatever. And it's not to say that that, that bars wasn't enough. It's that her body wanted transmosis healing as well. Mm -hmm. So I did both. So while I'm holding her head, you know, in a certain position, I would ask the guides, what else do we need to do? And so to share a little bit about transmosis healing, I took a bodywork class called multidimensional body balancing. And it, I learned that we have energies and I imagine it to be like graph paper or like a matrix around us, like our energy body. 
and energy globs can get stuck in those points when we're charged, negative or positive, it gets stuck. And that energy can get stuck in the past. So think about when you're a kid, you fell down, hurt your knee, um, you got scolded, you know, any of those disconnects or traumas can get stuck in our cellular, in our bodies, in our cells, and they get stuck in the past. And so what transmosis healing does is it brings those energies to present time. And how does it do that? It's by asking the guides of hundred percent pure divine light. That was key. First time I had an energy clearing, they called in my guides of hundred percent pure divine light. And then she paused and I'm like, what's going on? And she said, oh, there's a changing of the guard. I'm just waiting. I'm like, what? So I thought I was talking to the great white brotherhood, but maybe I wasn't because I didn't say it. Yeah. So when we start a session, I would like Esther, if I was working with you, I'd say, let's, I, I call in Esther's guides of 100% pure divine light. And we ask for Esther's highest and greatest good for herself and for all concerned. And then I call in my guides. Oh, I got chills. And then maybe we're doing a session now. That is psychedelic. All my guides rushed into my mind when you said your guides, and now they're all hanging out. Yeah. It's like, have your guides call my guides, we'll do lunch. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's kind of like a consecration of the session. And I call in my guides of 100% pure divine light. And I asked for Esther's highest and greatest good for herself and for all concerned. And then I invite us both because it's a co-creative session to place our egos or our mental bodies outside of this space so that we can both be as close as possible to pure divine consciousness for Esther's highest and greatest good so that we can actually be as divine as possible, you know, and not be as human and all of that to increase our frequency. Were you going to say something? Oh, yeah. No, so I was just going to say for those people that may not know what we're referring to when we say guides, there are many different beliefs that people have, such as some believe guides to be angels or you as in your individual self at a high frequency, a dimensional etherical being, Mm -hmm. or just consciousness itself. So what's your belief as to what a guide is? Yes to everything you said, because it's different for everybody. Some people have power animals, you know, there's, but the key word is a hundred percent pure divine light. I believe that we are divine. I believe that we're soul, that we're spirit and we are jammed into this meat suit, (laughs) our (laughs) consciousness, you know, (laughs) but I know that we have, I see lights sometimes around people or me, Um, I hear, and I I don't believe that energy ever dies. I think it just transforms. And I believe that we come to earth to learn what we came here to learn, maybe to experience. It's really all about experience. Mm -hmm. And so as we keep purifying our beings, our being on all those levels, layers, timelines, and dimensions, that apparently, which my mind just goes, is happening all at the same time, you know, like, but where is that past life? It is in my causal body. Where is that happening? You know, I I can think like that, but that's just linear thinking. So our guides are beings that I believe maybe on a fractal line, like energetically a harmonic fractal line Mm -hmm. work with us that we attract to us that are for our highest and greatest good. I know for a fact, when my son was born, he's 30 now, when he was born in my mind's eye and my spiritual eye, I saw two grand angels. Like I think they ushered him into this world. They had burgundy robes and it had gold trim, all of this. I don't know their names. I just know that they exist. So I would say, yes, it's angels, archangels, the divine, you could call it Allah, you could call it God, you could call it creator, source, but the key is 100% pure divine light, because I really thought I was working like, let's say, Saint Germain, Mm -hmm. but maybe it was a 
a, a facsimile, a replica that's tricky, you know, in some of those other realms like the astral realm or something like that. Yeah. So your guides are here to help you and assist you. It's your higher power. So I was trying to lead into this next question because you offer these sessions on all levels, including timelines and dimensions. So I'm really intrigued by the theory behind it. So when you're using transmosis healing, for instance, multidimensional, you are tapping into everything all at once. So all the realms that a soul exists in. And when you refer to timeline as in past, present and future, it's all happening at once. I do believe that we are all living in multiple realities and continuously reincarnated. It's all one big amalgamation of existence interacting with these different realities. And you don't have to agree with that ramble. I do. Oh, good. <laughs> so what is the theory of transmosis in correlation to timelines and dimensions? Yeah. In this bodywork class, and there were many classes that I took, and what I decided to do, because sometimes when I work with someone, I'm like, so what do you want to work on physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually? Because we, you want to return someone to wholeness and or oneness. And they go, oh, I don't know, whatever spirit has to say for me. And it's like, really? And I want to make sure that I am being a servant of the divine as best as I can and give the recipient exactly what that person needs in the exact right potency. So what I did, and I'm going to show it to you. I don't know if people are listening, they won't be able to see it, but I took everything that I learned and I put it on one piece of paper. <laughs> oh, wow. And of everything that it could possibly be. So for you, let's say I would like what we did in the beginning, I'd call in hundred percent pure divine light and ask for your highest and greatest good, my guides and pure consciousness, all of that consecration. Mm -hmm. I have a form and I say, what do you want to work on? And you would tell me, I want to work on this physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. I'm like, okay. And then before you came to the session, I would pull up and I call it my map and I would just call you in and I call in your guides. And I would ask, show me, show me what is in Esther's highest and greatest good. And then I would muscle test. I would look at the words like the issue. Is it past, present, or ancestral line? So I'll just do it right really quickly. So it's on the ancestral line for whatever issue you needed to work on that time that we work together. Is it on the mother's side mm -hmm. of the family? And I get a yes. Is it 5, 10, 15, 20, greater than 100, greater than 200, greater than 200 lifetimes ago? on your mother's side of the family, I would call up and that would just be one example. We could go on to everything. And I, before I say that uh, ancestral mm -hmm. clearing, I think a lot of times, even in access consciousness, we have energies and behaviors and thoughts and feelings that aren't even ours, but we think it's ours because we think it and we feel it. So you have DNA that, you know, you inherit things conscious and mm -hmm. unconscious and the thing about this work and why it's difficult for me to describe is because most of it is unconscious. Most of it is invisible. You know, 1% of us is physical, our bones, our muscles, our body, but 99% is invisible. So what is going on out there? It's just like that. They call it junk DNA and all that, you know, it's like, it's a mystery. So what I do is I tap in and find out what you need based on my map. Now, sometimes people have a lot that needs to be worked on and we can't clear it all in the first session, but I do my best and I'm not even doing it. I just work here. I'm like the conductor. I ask the guides, you know, okay, so let's pull up Esther's mother's side of the family 200 generations back and we're going to place them all in the separation room and we're going to bind and gag all misqualified energies that no longer serve you or them. Because whatever happened in the past, we don't need to know the story. We are assisting them with light tools, the violet light, the purple light, the golden light, you know, all of it. And that it's the light tools that actually do the clearing. So 80% of the time, 
in our bodies, which are like holograms. Apparently, we're not solid. We're not real. I mean, we're real, but you know, there's it's all this energy is moving really quickly, but it seems solid, right? Mm -hmm. Well, our astral body is like that. Our which is our emotional body. Our causal body, which is where we store all our thoughts, feelings, and emotions from past lives. We have a mental body. We have an etheric body. We have a soul body. Well, they look just like me and you. Our bodies do, but they're more refined. There's a, a different frequency to them, yeah. right? So if you think about all of those layers and levels, you think about all the DNA cellular frequencies through all of your ancestors, there's no way that we need to rehash everything that happened. So I know I'm rambling. Light is <laughs> at a 10. Let's say light is at 10. And then nine through one would be dark. The good news is that the dark never reaches level 10. It never prevails. Light always prevails. So whatever happened in the past with your ancestors on your mother's side of the family, 200 generations, you know, I see it like little paper dolls in a row. It's just the way my mind's working. Mm -hmm. And we place them all in the separation room because probably there's some things that happened to them that were traumatic that were hardships that get stuck in their bodies. And so everything's still happening all at the same time. So we pull up that whole generational line and we place them in the separation room. And it's called that it's a holographic room where the guides are doing the work. And then there are commands like violet consuming flame, please come, mm -hmm. please consume all rips, tears, cracks, all non-beneficial frequencies in Esther's mother's generational line. Damn. Clean, clear, cleanse, heal, harmonize, and balance on all levels, layers, timelines, and dimensions. So these are phrases that you state or command because there's so much power that we have that we don't even realize through our spoken word, mm -hmm. through our voice. And Side note, I have a clairvoyant friend that sees with her eyes open and she had a session with me and she said, everything that I'm saying is happening. So that was like confirmation for me because I can sense it and I can feel it, but I don't actually see it, see it. She sees it. So when I say those words, she sees the light doing it. She sees energies being transformed. So I'm kind of picking a dark one because I talked about the dark, but let's say all those traumatic things that happened in your family, we don't need to know the story, but we put them in the separation room. And I say, bind and gag all misqualified energies because we're pulling all the darkness out of their systems, their bodies. And we don't want to touch that. Mm -hmm. So we just bind and gag it. And then we call forth the purple transmuting container and we encapsulate that and we transmute it. So we don't do the work, 100% pure divine light beings and the light does the work. And I guess I'm unique in this way, but when we're clearing darkness or energies from the past, I know it's done <laughs> when I see like dark purple on top and white on the bottom. It's like a parfait glass. And I just know that the darkness whatever traumatic things happened, all of those things that don't serve us get transmuted. And what they're getting transmuted into is getting pulled out of the past into this present time where that is not happening anymore. So they've been purified and cleansed and cleared. And then we transport them to a place they've earned the right to be, never to return to you, your family, or this reality. So that would be somehow I'm mixing in access consciousness with the transmosis work. And then we ask your family to come through the rainbow light waterfall, all the colors of the rainbow energetically. And we ask, is there anything else you need? And I can tell in my body with the light would be yes, and no would be lower. I feel it like my body is a pendulum. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I got no in this case. So all of that energy that whatever it was has been transmuted into this present time. And now it's ready to keep living life 
as it lives life in that energy form. But you know how the universe likes a vacuum? Mm -hmm. We cleared all this stuff out. Now what we want to do is heal and seal it all with liquid golden light. And we're going to activate upward spirals. We're going to reverse any and all implosions and contractions. And we're going to reverse any and all shearings. So these are statements that I learned through all the multidimensional body work. But again, my clairvoyant friend confirmed that it's actually happening when I command it or I state it or I see it. Mm. Then your mother's side of the family, so you're getting a healing here today, <laughs> make it to be returned to where they came from. Anchor and hold with divine protection of truth, wisdom, and healing love. And so what happens is the energies have been purified and cleansed and brought to present time. And that energy goes backwards into the past and forwards into the future. And it's for your highest and greatest good. They're lucky. They're happy. So it's for everyone's highest and greatest good. I don't know who listens to your programs <laughs> and why I went there, but that's like one of the protocols, one of the sequences that comes up. Mm. Because a lot of times we have issues in our life and we don't know why. And a lot of times we inherited it through our DNA mm -hmm. or through their subjective um, mind. Yep. Like energy just comes through yeah because i have had a, a past life regression before that it it kind of explained some things that i felt were happening in the now and it did open a big can of worms i started thinking oh my gosh i started envisioning this and that so how important is it that the person that you are working on uses imagination i've done a healing session with a friend before who isn't into this type of treatment and has walked out going yeah whatever and I've been with another friend who's actually gone that was amazing and I started seeing this and this happened and this and she actually felt as if she got some benefit from it so how important mm -hmm. is it for a person to first of all have focus of intent and I suppose imagination because I, I do think that that is important Imagination doesn't necessarily mean you're creating it in your mind, but whatever somebody is saying to you, you are interpreting it and seeing it in the mind. Is that a, an essential thing, do you think? Because I feel as if when I do that, I get more of a benefit from it and I feel better for it and things seem to happen. Whereas, I, I don't know, I guess when I've just gone for a massage, yeah, it felt nice and that was it. And then something bad could happen and it disrupts the rest of your day. So, <laughs> yeah, I think everything is vibration and everything is frequency. I can say that the work that I do, I don't attract um, some people because it's higher frequency work and they may I've had people say, I signed up with you and had a session because I don't know, I just felt something. I just felt this draw. So there's a frequency and a resonance that will, will activate it there. I worked with some people who were Spanish, Spanish speaking, and I'm not Spanish speaking. So I record the session and I give them a recording so that they could maybe put it through some kind of translator to hear it in their native language but it still works. I mean, energy is subtle. And I think that if you have an active imagination, kudos to you. It's really, are you really open to receiving or are you mm -hmm. not? Yeah. Are you, you know, the, you know, why that person didn't think it was all that in a bag of chips is because of where they're at yeah. consciously, but they may or may not know how great that healing session that you did for them is it you that oh, did it? No, for no, them? not me. We went it's together probably, to see someone oh, to, at the same time. Well, not at the same I time, see. but they were in another room. Well, with you know, another healer. Could have been the healer. Not sure. <laughs> it could. It just could not have been a match, if you will, because it all it's it's all fluctuates and it all changes in every moment. I think it certainly is great when you align and agree because then it feels really good. It's like, I like being around like-minded mm -hmm. people more than when I worked, I worked in corporate America for 40 years and I love the people because people are people. I love the people, 
but some people just wouldn't get me. So I didn't, I had discernment. I didn't yeah. go there. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So with your practice, yeah. you do online sessions as well as you have your own practice as well, where people can come in and see you. Are you the only mm-hmm. person that does this? Do you teach mm-hmm. this as well? Your, your technique? Thank you. Right now. Yes. I am. There's so much to say and so much to put down on paper and how, and I asked my clairvoyant friend, I'm like, so can I teach this to others? And she said, I don't know. She said, because, you know, cause we each have our own consciousness. We each have our own filters and um, there are people that desire it and want to learn it. And my teacher you know, who taught me the multidimensional body balancing work, she said, you need to interview people. You need to make sure that that person has the capacity to do what you're doing. And I had never, ever experienced that in my life where I had to actually interview to take Mm -hmm. an energy work class. But this work does not work very well. I would say it blocks it with, if you do drugs or recreation, you know, if you drink, or do recreational drugs, it just, it's very subtle. So it doesn't really help. And I will never interfere with someone's life lessons or karma. You know, that's just, I just wouldn't do that. So some people um, may not be able to do this work because what I've found is I don't want to have people depend on me to clear them. I want to teach self-healing. So I'm in the process is the answer to the question of creating a course, an online course, an ebook, something that will help people um, it be empowered. Cause that's what I want. I want, you know, like people ask me, well, what do you do every day? Well, I actually clear myself every day. I actually meditate and contemplate and I don't even meditate as much as now I contemplate. And that's a little more of a focused mm-hmm. action rather like asking the universe, um, let me just contemplate love today or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, rather than just sit there, like in access consciousness, they would teach us that don't meditate. You're just an antenna. You're picking up on your neighbor's thoughts. It's like, Oh, that kind of makes sense. That's so true. I would meditate for long periods of time. And even though I found it extremely beneficial, I truly did enjoy it. And don't get me wrong. I still meditate, but I've just cut it down tremendously. I just felt as if I didn't need to do it as much because it's true, you you are an antenna. And I felt as if I was picking up on other people's thoughts and the things that they were doing and experiencing different realms. I feel as if I do that enough in my my sleep time. So when I dream, I, I just feel as if that's enough connection for me, whereas you can really get stuck if you if you meditate and fall into that that world where you can get yourself lost in and you know a little bit of meditation for gratefulness and good intention is is all that I really need at this point in my life I I believe so I think yeah I think you're right about meditation it's very important to do some people are like oh I don't have time well for me it's like brushing my teeth I have to do that because that's how I connect with myself my inner Mm. self I connect with the divine part of me And um, when I do this, sometimes I'll hear, this is just my weirdness, but sometimes, or uniqueness, I will hear a sentence over and over and over again. I'm like, fine. And I write it down in my journal. And then the next sentence comes and I write it down. So I receive divine grace, divine guidance through my contemplation and my meditations and my quiet time in the morning. Um, that's the key is so this work is about disconnection and Mm -hmm. wounds and we're reconnecting people to this present time and the light clears out the past or the wounds or the unconscious things that are coming. And a lot of times it's in the nervous system, the endocrine system and the chakra system. Um, but you have a nervous system, a chakra system and an endocrine system in each and every one of those bodies. So if I needed to work with you, for example, I might hear, um, pull up a hologram of Esther's astral body, the nervous system of her astral body. So there's so much room for assisting someone, but the guides tell me, 
um, what to do. And so I would pull up in my mind's eye, your body and a nervous system in there. So it's kind of like spiritual hygiene. Okay. <laughs> it's etheric clearing mm. and soul is in each and every thing, every cell, every tree, every plant, everything mm-hmm. has soul. And if you give the soul what it needs and wants, healing occurs. So if I look at your astral, you know, your astral body, your emotional body and your nervous system, and you just started a new job, it makes sense that it's a little bit. Yeah. Ah. So I would say, okay. And I'd look at your astral body in my mind's eye and I kind of sense it's not like bright light right now. So let's place the nervous system of her astral body into the fight or flight room. And, and I hear, or I feel a number and it's like around four or five, and I want you to be at zero or one so that you're reset. Mm -hmm. So the guides in the holographic fight or flight room are discharging your nervous system. Like right now I'm kind of witnessing like violet light. If I was looking at an anatomy drawing of a nervous system, like the brain, the spinal cord, the peripheral nervous system, it's all looking very violet to me right now. Whereas when I was looking at it at first, it wasn't. And so now it's like down to a three, um, a two, one and zero. And then I say, restore, reset, regenerate, recalibrate, and now integrate. And it does it. And it takes your nervous system from your astral body and it's rebalanced now. So now we just want to come through the rainbow light waterfall, the present time and reintegrate your nervous system back into the rest of all of your bodies. So, you know, maybe it's just my own imagination, but I imagine like the physical bodies and I imagine them stacked upon each other. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I take like a golden cord from the soul body and go through all of the heart chakras and kind of button it up and tighten it up. It's kind of like an energy nip and tuck and I'm just playing, yeah. but whatever flow comes through the session is what comes and it's recorded and I give it to the recipient and then they can listen to it later because it can go deeper or you can continue working it. Um, so there's many realms, layers, timelines, dimensions to go to. And you heal and seal with with liquid golden light. And when we have a wound, just to share, it looks like a downward spiral into the body going counterclockwise. So when I say heal and seal it with liquid golden light, activate upward spirals, we're, we're, we're putting everything in its right place, how it's supposed to be so that you can get returned to your current divine blueprint. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. there's so much to this. It's very difficult. And that's why I do need to, cre- you know, create little classes. Like this is how you connect to yourself. This is how you um, divine something, whether it's truth or false, if it's yes or no, is it a pendulum? Are you muscle testing yourself so that you can stay neutral because we are divine human beings. And the best thing that we can do is connect to our inner worlds, to ourself. And like I said, those bodies go up. Mm-hmm. They're really inner bodies. So I don't get that. Like it should all be on the inside, <laughs> on the outside. You know, when you see like a rainbow color of all the, the bodies or whatever, it's, you know, different layers or something. Are you talking just, about the, the biomagnetic field that everybody has? Is that? Yeah. And, you know, you've got super physical, causal, you know, but they're inner bodies, but we always see them depicted yeah. going out. <laughs> Just made me think about that. Yeah. Yeah. So you, so, sorry, keep going. Sorry. No, please you. Go oh no, it. I was just going to, to ask you about your book. Oh, thanks. Because you've, yeah. you've got, you've come out, you've published a book and it's for free. Yep. Yeah. They can so. get it on Amazon too. It's called the Magi Within. Unlocking the Gifts of the Inner Self. And myself and two other authors uh, wrote the book. And it's for people who want to connect to their intuition. So this might be a great contemplation tool. Hmm. So in the morning, think about a letter between A and Z and what pops into your mind. So for you, Esther, what letter pops into your mind? A through Z. A. A? A. Awesome. So that's the chapter on awareness. So that day you would read the chapter about, you would center, go within, 
And then you would read the chapter on awareness and then you would be with awareness all day long and see and to kind of follow the questions that are in the book. And we have artwork that goes with each chapter and the artwork is activating as well. So I do have it offered on my website for free. It's a downloadable PDF um, or you can get the book on Amazon and there's a link on the website for that as well. But yeah, and that would help people be empowered and start practicing connecting with themselves just using the, the book, A through Z. Can I ask why? Because people do do this. You know, they, they release and give information knowledge for free. And okay. I just wanted to understand why would you, why would you do that? I'm intrigued. <laughs> yeah, I'll be full transparency. We wrote this book. We published it through Amazon in 2015. Mm -hmm. And um, it is one of probably three to 5 million books on Amazon. So if you don't market it, nobody knows it's there. So I decided, I worked with a business coach and she said, hey, you need a free giveaway. And I'm like, well, I have a book. So it's not like it's making boatloads of money anyway. And it's really more about the service and giving it to people so that they can activate intuition within themselves and be more empowered and, because that's what it's all about. It's, it's helping people be more empowered. And then the side note would be, oh, join my email list and then you can have the book. Well, I don't blast people with emails. I just don't like it myself. And so you do have to get on my list. Mm -hmm. But what I've done with my email campaign is every week I might say, hey, uh, what about uh, K for kindness? And then I just have two or three sentences. So it's really easy emails to kind of encourage the person to actually open the book, to actually do the practice. That's my intent. Okay. No, I think that's a wonderful intent. Like it just shows you. that you are trying to give people information and, and there doesn't seem to be any, I mean, obviously like it, it gets your name out, but still on top of that, you're actually giving information for free and you've shared so much about your technique and method today. So that's <laughs> some people don't want to do that. So it's just a very yeah. loving giving thing that you're doing so thank it's, you yeah Aww, I think you're a you. lovely person oh <laughs> you too I love talking to you <laughs> oh, I try I try to be a good person <laughs> I you sleep are. up all the time <laughs> well, that's when we reconnect <laughs> <laughs> so if you could give people universal advice what would it be You've given so much today, but if there was one thing that you think that everybody can connect with. I would say just love yourself. Oh, my gosh. Really, the world needs kindness. And, you know, if you love yourself, if, the, if, it's, if this is logic, I mean, <laughs> we're all one thing. We're all made of the same substance, the same essence, and it just serves you as well as everyone in the whole world, not only your family and friends and coworkers, but if you love yourself and how do you love yourself? Well, I think that you, um, people might think it's you know, homework, but it's really not. It's how I live my life. I do the best that I can. If I'm in a bad mood, I do the best that I can to pull myself up in my frequency. I eat organic food. I meditate, contemplate every morning. I exercise as often as I can. I've been sitting a lot during COVID, but walking, being in nature and, and follow your inner guidance, your inner intuition. Nature is a great healer, but if you like painting, if you like certain hobbies, carve out five minutes Make yourself do what you love to do because that's serving yourself. And as you serve yourself, you're serving everyone else on the planet because we're all trying to find our way home, our, our inner peace. And the more that we can be that role model, that um, divine example, not only for ourselves, but we all need support from one another and collaboration as well. 
So it's reach out to people that you feel good with. And I'm steadfast in relationship. So when a friend goes away or I'm not friends with them anymore, I have a hard time letting go. But I think the key is detachment and trusting the divine. So the biggest thing is trusting the divine and accepting what's happening because everything is either a hidden gift or is an obvious gift that is occurring in our life. That's beautiful. I love it, Tracy. I resonate with so much of what (laughs) you've said today. Words really do matter. I feel radiant after this discussion. I'm filled with light. (laughs) (laughs) And we connected today. We picked up on each other's energy, I reckon. For sure. And we got rid of some energy (laughs) from your ancestors and, you know, we got your nervous system down. So it's very simple. That's the thing. Simplify Mm. your life. Love yourself and have fun. And I'm talking to myself. (laughs) I need to play and have fun, you know, (laughs) or how can people find you? So you did mention your website, but if you just want to relay or just, yeah, just for for people to find you on social medias, if you have any. Yeah. Oh my, I do have, I'm, I'm trying social media. So I'm, I, I write blogs like those quatrains So Mm -hmm. I have a Facebook page called Transmosis Healing. Mm -hmm. um, And I have a personal Facebook page, my name, Tracy Wittett. And that's my website too. So it's T-R-A-C-E-Y-W-H-I-T-T-E-T.com. And in school, they used to kid me. They go, uh, Wittett did it, quit it, Wittett. (laughs) 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 All of those kinds of things. Get Wittett. (laughs) (laughs) so um yeah so there's a lot I try and explain transmosis on the website so people can like who what when where why what is this about and if you are inclined to have a session I would love it and it works really well on zoom you don't have to drive afterwards it's very very awesome okay great yourself and humanity go ahead (laughs) I'll I'll leave all of the links in the book and just click on the link and yeah I'm definitely going to check out your book and yeah maybe do a session Tracy because I feel I feel good about that I love everything that you're doing and I I think it's really important that people use a mixture of modalities when they when they heal people because it's different for everybody exactly yeah Thank you. And it's like creating something brand new because you're right. It isn't out there. And I tried to get transmosis.com, but that cyber company had already taken that URL. So I'm like, oh, what do I do now? (laughs) So transmosis healing, transmosis. Yeah, it's it's just a word I got from spirit. So I'm using it and um, trying to share the possibility that we are more than our physical body and that we can heal on many different levels and layers that would affect our physical body. I mean, Mm -hmm. who knows, you know, if it finally managed to land in our physical body, I feel that it started further out or in, you know, our mental body, whatever. And our attitude is healing. You change your attitude, you get healing. Mm -hmm. Your perception. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I want to thank you, Tracy, for joining me today. It's been a a blast having a chat with you and learning all about your technique. So thank Thank you. you. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the 963 Universal Frequency. I highly recommend check out Tracy Wittett on Healing Transmosis. And remember, people, have an open heart. Have an open mind, live your life and be free. Thanks for tuning in.